Welcome to Honor Mosley, F.P. Wellman. I am F.P. Wellman, Fred Wellman, the host of your show. You're in the right place here on the Myest Touch Network and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, download, share, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, talk about the restaurants, annoy your neighbors, whatever you got to do. Man, it is it is Donald Trump arrest week. Uh, as I was heading the studio, I saw Mark Meadows' picture. It was effing amazing. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, you know, I'm friends with the Vinmans, Rachel and Alex Vinman. And when Alex was getting under the pressure from the White House, Mark Meadows actually called the Army chief of staff and the Army leadership and said he wanted them to find dirt on Alex Vinman so that they could get rid of his promotion. He, The chief of staff of the White House called the Army to undermine their promotion of Lieutenant Colonel in the United States Army. So there is some very, very sweet schadenfreude or karma, whatever you, what do you ascribe to? Uh, I'm having a hell of a great time. I know my friends Alex and Rachel are drinking tea right now, not in jail in Fulton County at the moment. So anyway, it's a great day to be here in America. It's a great day for democracy. I have got a great guest. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a Democrat in a blue place, or excuse me, a blue dot in a red place, a rural Democrat living out in the, the tough places where the MAGA people run wild. Wild. What it's like to be a teacher. I mean, we got so much cool stuff to talk about with Jess. I am so excited. So let's just get on with the show. Ah, uh, we're back. We're back after a little bit of music. I'm still Fred Wellman. It's still on to my with FP Wellman. You're still in the right place. I am thrilled to have a guest. She's a good friend of mine. We'll talk about that in a second. But Jess Piper is executive director for an organization called Blue Missouri, which you'll find out about. She is host. She has her own weekly podcast called Dirt Road Democrat. She's got degrees in English and teaching, um, taught American literature for 16 years. She was that English teacher <laughs> after the 2016 election. Jess became very politically active. Jess ran for state representative in HD1 in Northwest Missouri in 2022. She was not successful is to use that experience to help organize progressives in rural Missouri. I'm thrilled to have you on the show finally, Jess. I mean, I mean, how long we've we been hanging out? Three, four years now, right? It's it's been a few years, Fred. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to have you. So it's funny how how for those who, you know, I, I think people on the show are sick of the fact that I'm usually friends with everybody comes on. I'm very blessed. <laughs> and but Jess's story is funny because <laughs> Jess goes back to my my uh, my my partner Heather and 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 I, I joined the Linker project and I was putting together so when I joined Linker project Steve Schmidt's like, Wellman, you need to put together our own general officer panel. <laughs> I'm like, Steve, no, fuck, we're not doing that. <laughs> Everybody's got general officer. I said, no, we're going to put together this this pillow that I run at the Lincoln Project is for veterans and military family members. We're trying to convince military families not to vote for Trump. We're trying to convince veterans. I said, no, I'm going to put together a council of veterans and military family members and service members to talk about the issues. And uh, I told this to Heather, who lives in Missouri, and she says, <gasps> You gotta get this girl, Jess. <laughs> I said, "Who is she?" Go, oh my God, she's she's a military mom, and she is she's fire. I'm like, okay. So I followed you on Twitter, and I I think I DM'd you said, "You gotta be on my thing." And here we are, right? <laughs> Three years later, and she was and here right. We are. Yeah. Did you do a town hall with me? For, I think you did, right, or something like that. I don't know. It, whatever you. We been, were on a lot of videos together. We did a lot of videos <laughs> together. Yeah. So well, now we are again on on democracy in the studio, man. Look at how far we've come. It's fancy. You know, that's let's start there though. You know, Jess, you're up in Northwest Missouri. Um, you've really coined the term dirt road Democrat. I was talking to a candidate in Idaho for Congress and and she's a young lady running her second time. And we were talking about all the ways I said, you know, how can I help you? And and I don't know how I mentioned it offhand, Jess, that I knew you. And she goes, oh, my God, you know, Jess Piper, her dirt road Democrat thing. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to introduce you to Kaylee. <laughs> you know, so so you've really kind of it's almost become a brand that you, you talk about the idea of being at the end of the dirt roads, what does that mean to you? And, and what does it mean to the average American to understand what we're dealing with, with folks like you were dealing with? Uh, I really think it means, you know, not that kind of Democrat, you know, yeah. uh, not a corporate Democrat, right. uh, someone who has always been rule, raised and lived rule, still rule. Um, and it encompasses a way of life that a lot of people think doesn't exist. I mean, they think I'm some kind of unicorn out here, that there are no progressives, no Democrats in rural areas. And that is wrong. And that's why I actually I had tweeted something about living at the end of a dirt road. And someone said, you're a dirt road Democrat. And I was like, oh, that. 
I like that. And so it's been my own sense. And what does that mean? And what does that mean? I mean, what's the unique life at Durham? You said it very clearly. It's not, it's different. You know, so many times we talk about, you know, Democrats and when we're doing campaigning and all, we talk about the cities, you know, here in Missouri, we focus on St. Louis and Kansas City, maybe a little bit in Columbia, maybe a little bit of Springfield, but you're out in far Northwest corner of our state and there are progressives there, right? I mean, they, they, you, you hear from them. I mean, what are the unique ways that we, that our, our, our fellow or rural Democrats face what are the challenges they face and, and how do you help? Well, it, it's difficult sometimes to be a progressive out here. I mean, I ran, I lost, uh, but one in four people voted for me. So, I mean, yeah. that means every time I go to the store that 25% of that, the people at the Walmart, you know, voted for me. <laughs> they believe in things like, yeah. you know, access um, to reproductive health care. They believe in funded schools. Yeah. When you come out here and... And I truly am in a place that uh, Democrats have walked away from yes. uh, a long time ago. And to tell you the truth, the Republicans did, too. And now they're just getting voted in because of culture wars and, and ideology. And quite honestly, um, because they're they're preaching Republican politics from the, the pulpits in churches. Right. Um, and so it's a difficult place to be. Right. So when um, when the party walks away and says, you know, we love you. God bless you for doing what you're doing. But we can't do anything because it's too red. We just keep slipping into this self-fulfilling prophecy of, right. you know, not having candidates and there's no Democrats out here. Right, right. And 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 the issues you face are real, right? They're very tough. Uh, we'll probably talk about a lot. We're definitely going to talk about schools. We talk about um, rural health care. I mean, th- these are all real battles um, that are being ignored because of culture wars or because the it's uh, just too hard, right? I mean, how often did you hear it's just it's just too hard? All the time. And I didn't want to do it myself. I mean, I love my job. I was teaching American Lit to juniors. That was my my only plan, because a lot of times you end up in these small schools and you end up teaching six different subjects, you know. So I got in a school that was big enough that I could just teach that. But 2019, the abortion ban came through and my representative, um, he voted for it. And then he had the gall to go and put in our local papers um, that there was, he was happy that there was no exception for rape or incest. And I was like, that's enough. It's enough. Jesus. So I wrote to him, I called him, I emailed him. I started posting about him. I wrote a rebuttal in the paper in my ta- in my tiny community to rebut what he had said. And that man would not call me back and he knows who I am. Yeah. So I, I was mad and you know, my husband dust, I'm sitting on the couch one day and I turned to him a couple weeks later. I said, dust, you call him, call <laughs> Alan. 20 minutes, Fred. Oh, my God. Dust has a phone call from Alan. And he said, I don't know. He said, call my wife. She's really mad. So he called me and I was hot and I laid into him. And this is what and I've told the story a couple times, but it resonates every single time. He told me, ma'am, I don't have to talk to you. And I'm calling you out of a favor to your husband. Wow. And like I wanted to pass out the the white rage was popping. Um, So that was one thing. And then in 2020. When I went to vote for Joe Biden, there was no uh, Democratic representative for me to vote for. And I thought, it's enough. If nobody else is going to do it, I'll do it. And here you are. Yeah, and, and the fight. And, and it's wonderful to hear that. You know, uh, I was on a, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. As you know, I'm, I'm with Forgotten Democrats. You're with Blue Missouri. We are, for disclaimer for everybody watching and listening, we are sister organizations. <laughs> uh, you know, Blue Missouri is a state level. I'm doing the, the congressional level type thing. And, and, and so it is that idea that we aren't running everywhere, right? And that's what you do with Blue Missouri. It's like the idea that there just aren't choices for people and what that means to our democracy. I mean, and you're seeing it in rural Missouri when they don't have a choice. Uh, what does that look like when there's no Democrat in the room? I'll tell you what it looks like. We're training progressives to vote for Republicans ah. because every time I go to the ballot and there's no one to vote for, I pull a Republican ticket. I vote in the Republican primaries because I'm going to vote for the person who's least likely to hurt me. Right. And we have trained a generation of Democrats and progressives to vote for Republicans. And that is that's awful. And that's what we're up against. You got places in the boot hill, Fred, that haven't had, you know, a Democrat in 30 years. Wow. It's a generation of folks who have never seen or heard a democratic message. Yeah, and and then and then and then the Republicans then only answer the most extreme levels of their their of their party, right? And then, like you said, your guy one doesn't even have to respect his constituents, but two right. doesn't have to listen to him as far as anything beyond the most extreme voices in his in his head because he knows a good primary that right, right? 
Right. And the good thing, and this is another thing about having a candidate, I didn't win. I knew what my chances were going in. But here's the thing. I raised a ton of money. They couldn't ignore me. They had to drop $100,000 into a race they hadn't put a dime in in decades. The Republicans had to keep their candidate home. He had to knock doors. He had to talk about schools and roads and health care. Things that he didn't want to talk about because you know what he wanted to talk about? Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. <laughs> and I, I'm here saying, no, that has nothing to do with the fact that I can pull pieces of my road off and bring it into my yard if I want to. Right. Right. Um, and so by forcing their hand, by having a candidate, even one that we know will not win, just by having a candidate, we're forcing their hand. Right. We're making them raise money, stay home and talk about issues. And that's what we talk about all the time when we talk about reframing a win in rural parts of America. Uh, that's that's a win until we can you know get to a place where we can flip the seat and what's the model you use in blue missouri the model is funding down ballot candidates because these are candidates and and i never want to throw shade at the party right right but here's the real deal here's the brass tacks i ran i didn't get a dime Right. And so if we are going to ask people run and ask people to do hard things, I'm going to tell you the truth, too. It upends your life to run in a rural space. Right. Yeah. I loved my job. I loved my career. I can't go back to teaching in this small community because I said the word abortion, because I said things that people find offensive in this conservative community. And they'll say, I don't want my kid in their class. Right. Right. So we're asking people to do tough things. The least we can do is give them, you know, a check and say, we've got your back. If you'll knock the doors, if you'll show up at the chili supper, if you'll march in the parade, we've got your back. Right. And, and that's and that's what's unique. I think it, I like about the model and we, we use it for forgotten dumps, too, is it, it really is about actually giving money. It's not going to you're not we're not running ads. I mean, you don't plan to run the ads or anything like that. I mean, your intent is. And what's the feedback you're getting? I think you've been traveling the state, right? Uh, you know, rural areas of the state uh, preaching your message about inclusion and getting Democrats to run. I mean, is what's the feedback you're hearing from folks as you travel the state? They're excited. They're very excited because, you know, as well as I do, one third of the state is rural. And if we are not pulling along rural Missouri, the way the state, the way rural Missouri goes is the way the state goes. Those 40 percent of the seats are mostly in areas like mine, you know, cornfields and bean fields um, that haven't had candidates for decades. And so people are excited and, and they're willing to, you know, give. And, you know, just like I do, that this is crowdfunding with small donors. It's just like I did for my campaign. But here's the thing, Fred, I raised more money than any state rep candidate across the state. And that should have never happened. I raised $275,000 for a race in Northwest Missouri, because when you tell the truth and you tell people what you need to do, they're willing to give you 10 or 15 bucks at a time. Yeah. And you, you did something unique. I mean, you, you're very much on TikTok. For those who don't know, Jess is a, (laughs) just a TikTok star. I mean, I think that's one of the ways I found you was on TikTok. I'm not a TikTok star. Um, and you've you've built a solid following of people who are want to hear your message and listen to your message. And, and you've you've nationalized a lot of this. And and the issues we just talked about, and 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 I know Regger, uh, we've had a couple of Missouri folks on the show um when Crystal Quay was just on, of course, running for governor. Um, and I, I think people, you know, feedback from listeners is is that it, it is true that a, an issue in Missouri is the same issue in Illinois, rural Illinois. It's the mm-hmm. same issue in rural Colorado, it's the same issue. I mean, rural is America. You know, it, it, yeah. every single state from California to New York's got rural Americans who are having these battles and having these struggles. This is why there are Republicans elected in California. It's not the cities, <laughs> it's the rural yeah. counties, you know, and, and so the issues you face are national issues that we have to answer. You know, we had John Nichols in the show uh, a bit, and I did a special with him today. And, you know, he talked about uh, Janet uh, Protosiak um, and her win with the Supreme Court. And she went very hard, you know, running airtime, running ads in rural areas on over the air radio, on classic radios. I mean, she made an effort, and, and the turnout, as you and I know, at a state level race, 5% in a rural area. If we do that in every single rural county, how many counties are in Missouri? I don't even know. Is uh, hundreds? Oh gosh, it's a giant. <laughs> I had yeah, four in my it's, district. It's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those big states that has a ton of counties. You know, and and when you get you get five percent more than you would have normally in those counties, you win statewide. Um, that's which is right. Why, this is why North Carolina has a Democratic governor, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's and it's why also, by the way, by ignoring that, it's why Virginia has a Republican governor, <laughs> right? And so, so I think the lessons you learn uh, do apply not just to Missouri but anybody across the country. I think. That's why you've got a voice that people listen to is that you're not talking about just Missouri issues. These the issues of folks who live in places where the roads falling apart and the people in power for 20 years don't give a damn 
right. are American issues, right? I mean, I saw it in Georgia, right. same thing in Georgia. Um, I remember going, I'm knocking on doors myself and having people say, man, I've never had a political campaign of any kind stop on this door. Um, and they're hungry for it. They're hungry to be feel represented and seen. Um, you know, and on that, and that note, I mean, what did you hear as you ran that heavily MAGA district? I mean, I think you had some windows broken out if I remember correctly. <laughs> I mean, you had some adventures, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any windows broken out. Okay. Um, I did have some signs stolen and something mysterious happened to my car, oh, okay. um, which we never figured out, but I had to buy a new car. <laughs> Fun. Um, but, you know, actually... What I heard that really, really surprised me over and over again is that people would say, you know, you seem like a nice person. You were my kid's teacher. I can't vote for you because I'm a Christian. And that happened the first time I, I was nearly knocked down with it. And by the fifth, sixth, tenth time, you know, I'd gotten used to it. Um, and so, like I was saying earlier, they really do preach Republican politics from the pulpit. And I have a lot of Christian friends that are Democrats. And so it's it's very confusing. I was born and raised, you know, a Southern Baptist. Um, it's it's hard uh, because of that. And I would say that is one of the biggest hurdles in rural America is, um, you know, Christian ideology mm -hmm. and thinking that that is an extension. Uh, being a Republican is an extension of being a Christian is what they truly think. Um, and then, you know, I, I had some odd doors. I knocked one and a lady told me she couldn't vote for me because she was a Christian, but she looked at my flyer. She said, I see her a teacher and her district had just gone to four days a week. And I was like, aha, I've got her here. Right. I've got yeah. her. And she said, I hope that you'll bring prayer back to school. <sighs> and my campaign manager was, was with me and she's like pulling me. You know, she's like, Jess, don't Jess, don't. And I was like, listen, listen, I'm going to tell you, you can pray anytime you want in school. At any moment, you can drop to your knees and pray in school. But it is not going to get your kid 36 days more of school compared to their five day peers. It's not going to bring back 432 days that they have missed K through 12 by going to a four day school. And then I walked away and I didn't get her vote. But <laughs> what are you going to do, right? Right, right. I mean, you can't get past these kind of things. We had the same situation here uh, where I live near, near the city where a gentleman running for school board came by and 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 and, and my 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 partner agree with him on most things. And then he goes, yeah, but yeah, I think the biggest issue for me is these transgenders. <laughs> and he's like, what, what the transgenders are? Well, it's a real problem. You know, the, the, the way they're infiltrating things and, and, and trying to ruin a girl's <laughs> sports. He's like, okay. She's like, dude, what transgender athletes are there in Rockwood school district? And, and he had no examples, it, you know, exactly. But he's like, this is my number one issue. He's like, bro, what the hell are you talking about? And the only good thing that's gratifying that story is that he actually lost, <laughs> you know, he was yeah. part, he was, he was part of the moms for Liberty slate that, that Rockwood yes. school district organized. If you know, if you know our area, it's far West County, Missouri, uh, St. Louis, um, um, they they put a slay of their own out. The people who are more progressive and they actually won, which is the chance. And I'd love. We're going to pick up this conversation about schools because it's such an important topic. And I got a retired teacher, so I'm going to I'm going to pick your brain. Um, we have our first sponsor break. So let's get let's two from our sponsors real quick. I'm going to tell you a secret. I've moved three times in the last four years, and across all that time, I've subscribed to newspapers, websites, online services, gyms, everywhere. And I go and I completely lost track of which ones I still have and what I'm paying for it all. Well, thanks to Rocket Money, I finally have a tool to help me sort it all out. Almost as soon as I opened it, I found three different newspapers and streaming services I was double subscribed to, and it saved me money immediately. If you're like me, subscriptions are probably draining your wallet. And that's before I get to all the free trials I've subscribed to over the years and never got around to canceling. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions, and they might not even remember subscribing to half of those. You have no idea just how much you're spending each month. You need Rocket Money. It's a great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Now, most people think they're spending about $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number's closer to $200. When you're signed up for so many things, like streaming services you use just to watch one show, or free trials or delivery services you don't use anymore, it's really easy to lose track of what you're paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails of customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Now, they can even negotiate to lower your bills for you, uh, like up to 20%. And all you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money handles it from there. Rocket Money lets you monitor all your expenses, 
in one place. Recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limit. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers save an average of $720 a year. So do me a favor, stop wasting money on things you don't use, cancel your unwanted subscriptions, and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Fred. That's rocketmoney.com slash Fred. Rocketmoney.com slash Fred. Sign up today, save money, feel more secure in your budget. Trees are a renewable resource, but you know, not an unlimited resource. I mean, honestly, trees don't actually grow on trees, right? So everyday companies are clear cutting forests just to produce toilet paper. Trees and wood are amazing resources, but doesn't make sense to use them for a product we only use once and flush away. You know, those trees deserve better. That's why Real Paper uses bamboo to make their sustainable toilet paper. Not only does bamboo grow incredibly fast, you know, because it, it's a grass, it can be cut, harvested over and over again, just like the grass in your lawn. So when you use real, it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing trees or, you know, look, I'm a tree hugger. I'm, I admit it freely. If you guys follow me, you know I hike every day. I'm out in the woods. And to know we're cutting down these beautiful trees for toilet paper, it just doesn't make sense. So real in a lot of ways feels like an upgrade to me for my heart. It's always shipped free to my door. It's plastic free shipping packaging. Again, it can schedule it. I can schedule it right on my right on the line. Subscription goes exactly where I need it, when I need it. I never have to worry about forgetting to buy anything at the store. Real is partnered with One Tree Planted. So with every box of real that you buy, they're funding like reforestation efforts. And if you've ever hiked in one of those places where they're putting new trees in, it's beautiful to see and it needs money. So unlike other TP that cuts down trees, real is actively helping organizations to replant our forest and to grow our trees back. So look, real paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions for an online purchase or a one-time purchase on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your doorstep with free shipping, 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. So if you head to Real Paper, I want you to go to realpaper.com slash Fred. You sign up for subscription using my code Fred. You're going to get 30% off your first order and free shipping. So that's Real Paper, R-E-E-L. P-A-P-E-R dot com slash Fred or enter promo code Fred to get that 30% off your first order and free shipping. So let's make a change for good this year, right? Switch to real paper, real paper for the planet. And we're thrilled to have them a sponsor for this show. All right, back at it. So, um, and thank you to our sponsors, by the way. I am so blessed to have these great sponsors and I hope you'll check the right products out and purchase their products because it's worth it. Having said that, I got a teacher. <laughs> and you, you open that can of worms, sister, with a four-day school week. And they're trying to sell these four-day school weeks as a good thing, right? Uh, and not just in Missouri, everywhere. There's a lot of places doing mm -hmm. this, right? And and really, it's about budget. They don't want to budget the money and, and at the same time. Right. you know. So, so the, where are we, I mean, where is 20 years of Republican rule, where is Missouri sit education-wise? After this wonderful supermajority. 50th in teacher pay and 49th in educational funding. Okay, that weird, does seem right? great. Yeah, wow, that's weird. So we're going to go to four-day school week and make it better. And and we continue to vote for these folks, at the, you know. <laughs> I mean, so the the four day school week, um, it, it happened out here a long time ago. My stepdaughter actually graduated from a school that has been, I think they're on their 17th year of this. And wow. it was because of budget issues. Right. So when they when they talk about this, um, it's because we can't recruit, we can't retain teachers. Well, you can come out to my kid's school and a starting teacher can make thirty three thousand dollars a year with a bachelor's degree. Once she pays her teacher retirement, she's walking out with fifteen hundred dollars in her pocket a month, Jesus. a month. And that's, we can't keep them. No. It's a revolving door of teachers. And so what our, our rural schools have decided is, hey, we can't pay them anymore, but we'll cut off a day. Would that make you stay? Because then you've got a third, you've got three days that you can do a side hustle, right, Fred? Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's not a lot of Uber driving though in your area. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. my, fr my friend from Joplin tried to send me um, a DoorDash one time. I was like, girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, I, I have no, no, there is no DoorDash. But, um, you know, the most frustrating thing about the four day week is, is that you'll, well, teachers like it. And so you'll hear teachers defend it. And I'm like, Girl, that's for you. I mean, they did it for you. You're supposed to like it. Um, but the problem is, is because, you know, they didn't have the money to to fund you. Yeah. But Fred, think about districts in your area. Yeah. Think about Rockwood. Right. What would happen if they said, hey, let's go to four days a week. How would that fly there? 
Yeah, it'd be a train wreck because you know, right. working families, well-off families, by the way, in that area, the whole St. Louis County, fairly well-off, don't be fooled. Um, they'd lose their minds because also, by the way, that you know, what people forget is child care, school is child care yeah. for a lot of working people, right? Is Having their child at school is, is part of their child care plan. Uh, and now they got to adjust that. Um, it's easy. And not some, sadly, some places it's part of their food plan. Um, you know, <laughs> feeding their kids has to do with being in school at those times. You know, and, and it does go to, and here it is, of course, here we talk about quite a bit, is school choice that that lovely it's such a lovely <laughs> friendly term it's a classic republican thing right it's like hey we're, we're not it's nothing nothing negative it's just school choice doesn't everyone want choice i mean school choice is it's great like right? to work it right seems so nice yeah school choice i mean everybody deserves <laughs> choice right and and i read i read you sent me an article today i remember i was reading that article i mean it, it, it is it really is actually about enacting more school voucher programs for good to go to kids to go to private schools. And I've seen you rail on this pretty heavily. I mean, I think you've made a nemesis of the of the lobbyists <laughs> that uh, that pushes this. It's pretty fun seeing you dance with these lobbyists and tell them the deal. But it all sounds so innocent, right? But what's the truth in these programs? I mean, what the truth of school vouchers, school choice, which is really vouchers, is not what it seems, right? It's a scam. It's 100% a scam. They have defunded schools to create chaotic environments with teachers and with students, with childcare. And then they can open up these private schools with your tax money. And this is the thing that galls me. Herzog is an organization that is pushing for school choice. They've opened up this huge campus out in Smithville. They invited Betsy DeVos's lobbyists to come out there and laugh at the rest of us, laugh their butts off at us while they, you know, pick our pockets. But they are saying, oh, look, independence went to four days a week. We're open five. They, I they have the gall to say it because they are in the pockets of the people who defunded the schools. Right. The Herzog Corporation has a um, state rep that is on the secondary education committee who is also the scholarship provider for the Herzog Jesus. Foundation. He's writing the bills, Fred, that fund the place he works. Yeah. And I don't understand how this is legal. I I mean, I I scream about it all the time. In fact, I get lawyers threatening to sue me if I don't shut my mouth about it. But this is what I know. Blood from a turnip, right? (laughs) Good luck. Go for it. Take my car. (laughs) So it's just, it's, it's such a scam. And if people think school choice is great, to New Orleans because after Katrina they took over their entire school system in in that city tell me what you think about the schooling in New Orleans head out to Arizona where they've blown an almost billion dollar hole in their budget by funding these things it's not fiscally responsible and by the way give me 20 vouchers it doesn't matter I don't have anywhere to take my kid that's the key every time someone says that yeah. You know they are defunding rural schools because there is nowhere for us to go. Right, and they build the and sometimes they build these schools, like you said, to just for the voucher programs, and they're not good schools. They come and go. I mean, I, according to that, that research, I think I saw today is you know many these fail. Most of these voucher they call them voucher schools fail within four years because the, there's it's not enough money from the vouchers just to run an entire school from scratch. And what troubles me is I, having had a child who had a special needs uh, was on a five hundred four plan, as they call it, you know, special education. A lot of these schools they don't have to accept they they don't don't accept kids with special needs or education benefits, correct? Yeah, and it's not just us, you know, making up stories. You can go to the sites of these schools and they clearly say that they don't accept kids outside of the mainstream classroom. They are legally allowed to discriminate with your taxpayer funds. That would you know how it is and because I had a kiddo with a 504 too. Yeah. They are required to make to meet, you know, the needs of those students. And I'll tell you something that's even worse. You give this kiddo a voucher who might have some sort of disability. He goes to the school with the voucher, takes his money with him, right? His eight or nine grand. They don't give him services. He goes back to the public school every single day and uses the services from that defunded public school. That's oh, wow. this that's the scam they've got going to. Wow. Wow. And, and then on the same choice, at the same time, they're also fighting the DEI, right? The uh, any kind of, uh, right? So any kind. So they're also basically saying they can also discriminate for color as well and, and LGBTQ. And none of these programs are, are Christian based and they've already gotten the laws, to, you know, the, the Supreme Court to say, well, if you're Christian based, you don't have to accept LGBTQ members. So we've got basically the, the, the goal here is to create, I mean, we say it very clearly. We're trying to create white Christian schools uh, that are paid for by tax dollars. And there's, there's really no way to deny that, is there? 
No, and we know the history of vouchers. They come out of the Brown v. Board, you know, decision. Right. right. They called them. They literally called them segregation academies yep. because white folks didn't want to send their kids to school with black folks, so they created vouchers and they created segregation academies. I mean, that's the origin of of the voucher, and it hasn't gone much further since. Right. Yep. The the really bad thing is they've got people because, like you were saying at the beginning, it sounds good. Choice sounds good. And I would knock doors and I had a woman tell me um, she loved her school. All of us love our schools out here, by the way. I don't talk to people who don't love their schools. They all did. They'll say, you know, talk about the football team, the first thing. But anyway, she said, I think school choice sounds good. And I was like, you know, that would defund your school. And she said, no, I had no idea because the marketing of, of the words, right? Yeah. Yep, and the budget's cut by each each student leaves, it gets a budget cut, and then and then they talk about closing public schools because there's not enough students. <laughs> I mean, I've literally, right. I literally I think I read an article this week. Basically, I, there was a there was an article in one of the stories uh, that talked about how the, the challenges of the the the, the kids the enrollments going down at public schools, and they don't know why. It's like, well, because the voucher programs are going up, the kids are evac- you know they're being paid not to go to the public schools. Uh, right. It becomes it becomes a never ending cycle of failure for these schools. Um, and one thing I always want to tell people about is because I am, you know, I speak to rural issues a lot is that Betsy DeVos was caught a couple of years ago saying this plainly about what she planned for rural kids. Um, a reporter said, what does school choice look like in rural areas? Because they don't have choice schools. And she said, well, I imagine that, you know, while kids are working in the fields, they could wear headphones and listen to eBooks. Oh. And she said it out loud. And I knew right then I was like, I got you. You, that's what you think my kid is worth. And by the way, where are kids working in fields? Has she ever been in a bean field? You need a $500,000 combine. Like my kid's not driving that, especially not being distracted. What she means though, Fred, is my kid could work at McDonald's. She could work at Casey's, right? Right. Um, And then maybe she could get, you know, an apprenticeship at the John Deere dealership um, after she's done at McDonald's. So they say it. They're putting it out there. We don't need tinfoil hats. Yeah. They are saying the quiet part out loud. Wow. And that's the plans for a whole generation. And I think it's interesting, too. I mean, Gen Z hears this, right? I mean, I think it's interesting to me. I wonder if the younger generations are, are they're witnessing this. I have, I have talked to some of my Gen Z activist friends. Like, do they see the destruction of the schools in real time? And what does it mean to them? Uh, I know there's anger uh, among the younger generation on the way their schools have been treated, the way their teachers. I mean, I think you're also seeing that, right? I mean, you experienced it, too. The uh, teachers are leaving because of the harassment. Teachers are leaving because of the politicization of their schools, right? School book bans. I mean, we've been dealing with the book ban issues here in Missouri. Uh, how does that play on a teacher's soul? It's it's devastating. It's it's too much. Most teachers aren't like me. They aren't outspoken. We're right. usually rule followers and do what we're supposed to do, which is why we became teachers, because we followed the rules, right? Yeah. And so you have people that are afraid to speak up. But in the state like Missouri, when people say, oh, the teachers' unions, what unions? Have you ever been out to rural Missouri? There's something called MSTA. They don't bargain for, you know, for um, benefits or pay or anything like that. Conditions. Um, There's a few, you know, NEA is in the cities, but vast, the vast majority of Missouri is not unionized. Right. Um, And so we can throw that off the table right away. But then being demonized, being attacked. I mean, there was a teacher in Tulsa two days ago. Did you see that where Mm -hmm. she, she had posted, she's a librarian actually. And she said, oh, we have woke uh, books and woke ideology in here because they teach kids about kindness and empathy. Ah. Libs of TikTok took that video, manipulated it, where she just said that they have woke ideology. They had two bomb threats at that school within days. The superintendent of schools in Oklahoma is an absolute extremist. His yep. name is Ryan Walters. He retweeted that with her name. Jesus. Um, and so now she's getting death threats as well. Why would anybody do this job for $33,000 a year to be absolutely demonized and attacked every day? Wow. Yeah, it's it's... And, and it's a hard job already, by the way. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we, 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 yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, let's not be fools. I mean, it is, our kids are great. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being a little sarcastic. All kids are great. I love all my kids. Now that they're not in school, they're a lot easier to deal with. But yeah, I got a grandson going to kindergarten now, and and it is a lot. We're asking them to do a lot um, with with very little, and it's 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 not a fair fight. Sometimes I feel like for our teachers and 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 their administrators and the, and the battles they're faced, especially in the last three years, and it's not getting better with Moms for Liberty matriculating from anti-pandemic to being basically 
anti-education at this point. I mean, how much CRT did you teach, Jess? I bet you taught a lot of CRT. I bet <laughs> I, you were a big listen, CRT I found, person. <laughs> I found an article on myself. They called me the CRT teacher. Well, I there we no go. Idea. See, there you <laughs> have it. Yeah. I mean, it comes up a lot in English Lit, I bet, right? You know? Well, you know, here's the thing. I did teach the history of slavery through American Lit because that was my passion. I loved it. I grew up in an, a slave state in Arkansas. I didn't yeah. know my own history until I went to college and I was like, Kids really need to know this history. I tell you this: you know where I live. Most yep. of my about ninety nine percent of my kids are white. Yep. I taught them the tough stuff, and I never had a kid say, "Oh, I'm embarrassed to be white." But right. they did say this: "I didn't know, and now I, I want to do better." Yep. And that's what the Republicans don't want. They don't want solidarity. They don't want the truth told. Right? Um, have you heard of the Prager U crap? Oh, have yeah. you ever looked into that? Oh yeah. <laughs> God, friend, yeah, yeah. they're passing. They're letting them use that as curriculum in yep. Florida, and they're thinking about it in Oklahoma. Yep, Texas too. It's the biggest crock. I went down. I, I was talking to Rachel Vinman yesterday on her podcast, and I went down a rabbit hole for her. Yes, you're welcome, Rachel. <laughs> she watches, by the way. <laughs> and I, I came up way dumber for it. But here's the thing: it is the most backward whitewashed crap you have ever heard in your life it you you will fall over and they have a podcast and they're only five minutes because their folks can't pay yeah. attention for longer than that but you've got to check it out I you will. you won't believe it we had michael harriet on the show uh, a couple three weeks ago remarkably intelligent smart guy lives in rural georgia he dissected the entire florida curriculum too which the the black history curriculum which called the actually called the white supremacy curriculum and and it really yeah. is shocking way they can so easily manipulate the truth um, by just simply editing it out and, and leaving out the parts that are uncomfortable uh, and then making them fake. I mean, that's the problem too. And it leaves us with kids that don't understand the world they live in uh, and they recognize that and then and then they're shocked later. Um, I think we're coming up on our second break. So we'll take a break now for our, our second sponsor break. We've got a couple great sponsors, then we'll come back and I want to talk about something um, something even cooler. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. And I'm not talking about some weird mind voodoo or a wacky message board. No, we're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Now, not everything in a bad habit is bad. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of an electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of chemicals, fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing anxiety while breaking your bad habit. The first time I used fume, I was shocked at how flavorful and fresh it tasted. It's easy to hold and perfectly balanced and quite honestly, extremely fun to fidget with. The real wood material and sleek design definitely classes it up and I feel pretty cool holding it. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and honestly, even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories. There's no reason that can't be you. So join Fume, accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Now, head to tryfume.com and use code FRED to save 10% when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com and use code FRED to save an additional 10% off your order today. This episode of On Democracy is brought to you by Manicora Honey. Now, when I say honey, you're probably thinking of those bear-shaped balls you find at the supermarket. And let me tell you something. This is nothing like that. Manicora makes Manuka Honey. A super honey comes from New Zealand, where the bees only feed on the nectar of the Manuka tree tree, making something that's rich, herbaceous, and complex with a creamier texture that's unlike anything you've ever tried before. And I really mean that. You can use it just like the honey you're used to, but Manuka honey is super because it also contains a unique antioxidants and prebiotics, as well as natural antibacterial compound called MGO that only comes from the nectar of this specific tea tree. Now, these nutrients support optimal immune and digestive health, so it's a win-win. You can use, continue to use honey in all the ways you love, and you can enjoy all the health benefits of MGO as well. Manicor sent me a jar, actually a jar, a squeeze bottle, and then some actually portable ones, which are in my luggage now. It's a bottle of their 850 Plus MGO Manuka Honey, their best-selling product. 
Now, the 850 Plus Honey has this creamy caramel texture that melts your mouth and is unlike anything I've ever tried. I can grab a spoonful of it out of the jar to put in my favorite beverage. I like to squeeze it on my uh, my English muffin with some butter because that's how I like to eat it. Or on you know toast oatmeal. It's just really delicious. I and mean, look, if you live in the South, butter biscuit with honey, like this stuff's amazing. If you head to mountacora.com slash Fred or use code Fred, you'll automatically get an extra free pack of 850 plus honey sticks with your order. That's a $15 value. Now, I love the jar and the squeeze ball, but the extra pack of compostable honey sticks is perfect for wherever you go. Like I said, I put it in my luggage. You can bring them with you whenever you're traveling. If you need a quick snack during a running or when you're running errands, they're the perfect energy boost if you're out for a run or at the gym. You know, I, as you guys know, I walk three to five miles a day. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash Fred or use code Fred at checkout to get a free pack of compostable honey sticks with your order. You haven't tasted or seen honey like this before. I mean that. I mean, I'm always a skeptic myself, but this was a, it's a wonderful product. So indulge, try some honey with the superpowers from Manicore. You know, this may shock you, but I'm a bit of a fan of good quality bath and body products. So I'm excited to introduce you to Sugar and Spruce. It's a woman and family owned and operated small business. It's all about making your bath time routine feel like a treat. At Sugar and Spruce, they believe that indulgence and self-care can go hand in hand. That's why they craft their products with the philosophy of fun, all while keeping them oh so good for you. It's all about finding the perfect balance, like a foam party for your senses, without any harsh chemicals or nasty preservatives. And guess what? They've got a little something for everyone under their umbrella. That's right, ladies, gentlemen, even the little ones can enjoy the magic of Sugar and Spruce bath products. It's a bath time extravaganza for the whole family. So, you know, look, whether you're a bath aficionado, a bubble enthusiast, or just someone who wants to add a sprinkle of joy to your day and have a great start, Sugar and Spruce has you covered. They got bath bombs that sizzle, bath salts that transport you to a serene oasis, <laughs> and handcrafted traditional soap, which I just love, to make your skin feel fresh and clean, as well as a line of products just for men. Support a woman and family-owned business. Uh, a family, you know, you might even recognize the name when you check it out. And treat yourself to some blissful bubbles today. Now, head over to their website today at sugarandspruce.com and give yourself the gift of indulgence by entering the code FRED and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right. If you shop online and use code FRED at checkout, you'll get a whopping 20% off your first order of handmade bath and body products straight from Fredericksburg, Virginia. That's sugar and spruce, S-P-R-U-C-E dot com. Sugar spruce bath products where the everyday routines become extraordinary treats. All right, we're back. So um, another thing that is going on here in Missouri, which is, is, is unique, and it's a very Missouri, Missouri issue, but I do talk about it because it relates to this larger idea of the way the Republicans are managing and governing, right? Which what we're seeing yeah. is Missouri is a great place. I like to use Missouri here as, for the followers and the and listeners and reader and viewers because it is a state that's been a supermajority for many many years, and 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 I say a lot that when you think about the idea of giving the Republicans the Senate, giving the Republicans the House completely, you know, with a cleaner a cleaner majority, the, their their governance is really effing bad, right? That their ability mm -hmm. to govern is bad. We're seeing that now in the House. They all hate each other. That's the funniest thing, as you saw yeah. last night in the debate. They all hate each other. <laughs> um, they don't work together. But the the mismanagement here in Missouri that's manifested very starkly with the food aid program, which is a federal program. I think you and I are talking about today. I mean, right mm -hmm. now an article came out from the Missouri Independent that 170. 7,000 kids still have not received federal federal food aid that goes through the state from last year. That's This is summer food aid, for those who understand. This is kids you know, who are out of school, they get food aid over the summer, but this was for last year, and Missouri was unable to distribute the money, and why, Jess, why were they unable to distribute it? I mean, you, you have, I'm sure you're familiar with it already. Can I, do you ha allow the S-H-I-T word on Oh, here? yeah, this is a, this is a, yeah, we can say shit, we can say Because talk. it's a shit show. Because it's a shit show. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is, it, when you say govern, I hope that you had your air yeah, quotes up, right? right? Yeah, exactly. There is no governing in this state. There is nobody that knows what's going on. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. They're all working for their own lobbyist. Yeah. Not only have they not distributed the the food from the year ago but we sent back 42 million dollars to the feds because we couldn't figure out how to distribute it to kids this year yeah this year wow. and that to me is just the epitome of what is going on here we're dropping kids off of of medicaid right yep. we're kicking them off left and right 
But yeah. we're a pro-life state, Fred. Right. We're pro-life, right? Right. No, we're not. We're pro-birth and everything else is is just falling apart. Like yep. I said, my road is falling apart. We the, the bus ride is an hour and a half for kids because we can't get bus drivers because we don't pay them, right? Jeez. The schools are falling apart. Our hospitals are closing. And when I knock doors, people talk about Joe Biden. Wow. Friend, Joe Biden has no idea where you live. <laughs> he doesn't know you, but your representative does. He knows exactly where Maryville, Missouri is, and he doesn't care about you, right? Yep. Yep. So it's... It, the governance isn't happening. I was one of the teachers who had my social security number exposed um, on on our state website for years. Yep. Remember? And a reporter yep. said, hey, Mike Parson, by the way, you can see every social security for the teacher in the state. And what did he do? <laughs> he sued the reporter. <laughs> Try to get him arrested. Try to get a post. For those who don't know the story, the St. Louis Post Dispatch had a data reporter. And all he had to do mm -hmm. was, I believe, right click on the website to go to the HTML. And when the, yeah. and the HTML version of the state website exposed all the private PII and private information of all the teachers, nothing more than a right click. So the governor, instead of saying, thank you for doing that, by the way, which is what the, the education department said, they said, hey, we appreciate you doing this. When the governor found out, his decision was to try and get a criminal investigation open. He did a press conference saying that the post-dispatch reporter had hacked the website <laughs> and was therefore a hacker. <laughs> You know, right clicking, and you can do it right now on your browser if you're watching this at home. You know, right click on a web page, I think, and it says show HTML, and boom, you see that you see the code behind a website. It's like really hard stuff. I mean, I'm a I'm an effing idiot. I mean, I I have no tech. That's just why Matt's back there because I don't know what f I'm doing. And these jackwads decide trying to get a criminal prosecution against the reporter, which eventually, of course, eventually I think he gave it to some sheriff, and the sheriff's like, bro, I, it's not a crime. I got I got nothing. <laughs> you know, and but that's that's the way they govern, right? They attack those who question. Uh, the dynamic, and that's that's up 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 you know at Congress, right? We we just heard that Jim Jordan is going to use the judiciary, the House Judiciary Committee, to open an investigation. I did air quotes on that one, <laughs> an investigation on Fonnie Willis. Um, for, for her outrageously actually charging crimes in her <laughs> district where she was elected to charge crimes. And so this is the way of Republican governance. We see it in the micro here in Missouri. And we're not alone, right? You, you, you right. talk in other states. You, you talked about Oklahoma. You talk about Texas. You talk about uh, Florida. You talk about Georgia, for God's sake. You know, it, this is everywhere. In, in North Carolina, thank God they have a Republican or a Democrat governor just stopped an outrageous voting rights bill. I mean, this is the story in large swaths of our country um, that, that people are trying to fight back can preserve their way of life against entrenched cultural and tribal ways that, that well, they just, like you said, it's, well, I'm a Christian or, well, I've always voted Republican. Um, where's their hope, Jess? I try to, you know, one of the weird things I do in this show is I actually try to give viewers and followers hope a little bit. And and I know you well enough to know you do actually have hope. You are actually, you're, you're a happy warrior. I mean, we've been laughing this whole time. Uh, I actually had a viewer criticize me that the other day. I was like, this is a serious issue. You laugh. I'm like, the biggest laugh I ever had. What can we do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And the biggest laugh I ever had was when I got shot at. I mean, I almost got shot. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, what can you do? You know, I, I almost got shot down by Apache. He, he fired rockets by accident and they, they missed my aircraft by about six inches. And we laughed our asses off. But that's just the way. I mean, all you can do is laugh at this point. But you're a happy warrior. You, you're doing, you do what you do. You're in blue Missouri for a reason. You ran for office because you believe something. You believe change is possible. How is change possible? possible, Jess. How do people watch this show or listen to it? Where do they find hope? And I say it a lot, we're winning. And I think you have agreed with me on that. But tell me, where do you find the hope, Jess? I find hope in knowing that one in four people in my district feel strongly enough that they would have voted for me. So that gave me the ammunition to say, we are here and every single person out here deserves representation. This is my state too. And I drew a line in the sand and I will not take any more of this. My kids and my grandkids are here, right? Yeah. I don't have, when people say move to California, move to New yeah. York, one, that's classist. How am I going to do that? By yeah. the way, <laughs> how would I do that? Yeah. And two, no, this is my state and I'm not going anywhere. So I know that I have to organize and I have to act fate, you know, the people in my community. I just talked to a community member earlier today and she's like, how can we get, you know, a bipartisan group of women together? And I was like, good luck if you invite me. <laughs> 
This is the Republicans' yeah. way. I ain't going. I ain't touching her. I ain't yeah. going. <laughs> but the hope is that our kids and grandkids are here and that we have to keep going. There's no way to stop doing this. Yeah. Um, and so when I have a lot of people say, oh, you have trolls all the time, you know, how do you deal with this? I do. I have nasty, nasty trolls, yeah. but I have the best folks that get in there and they say, thank you for your voice. I can't say the things that you're saying. I'm behind, you know, a fake profile because I'm a teacher, because I'm a librarian. But thank God for you, because every single day you're saying the things that I wish that I could say. So I know that there's hope. And the way that we do this is by is by deep canvassing, is by sending people out with a democratic message to people who have never heard it and say, I look like you. I don't have horns. I don't drink baby's bloods. This is what I want for you. I want you to be happy, healthy, and educated. That's it. Your representative does not. He spent four months in Jeff City trying to keep six kids from playing soccer while your road collapsed, while you can't cross your bridge, while you can't you know, go to the hospital because they closed it. And by the way, with the hospital closures, people you know, in our pro-life state, you're forced to, to bear children if you become pregnant. There are communities all across northern Missouri and in rural parts of Missouri where the, you don't have access to an OB either. So not only are you forced to deliver a pregnancy, you have nowhere to deliver the pregnancy. It's an hour and a half to you know the nearest hospital. Wow. These abortion bans, these things that Republicans are doing are harming Missourians and in some case killing Missourians. Yep. And so um, the hope is that my neighbors realize that when I talk to them, when you talk to them, when we deploy the kids out and say, please knock on the doors and give them the message. That's my hope. Yep. And that goes for Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, Georgia. You know, it is the same thing. And and, and I do yeah. hear that same message, you know, and we've got winning images. We are winning, winning, winning issues right now. Right. We we really do the abortion. One. I know we're working really hard in Missouri right now to try and get abortion on the on a petition, a constitutional petition. We know it just won in Ohio. It essentially, uh, it did win in Kansas right next door. Kansas is able to uh, beat back the attempts to stop abortion. So it, it almost feels like, believe it or not, um, we actually have issues that matter to people, right? It's a, the world has changed a little bit where they're tired of hearing about transgender kids when, you know, women are dying. Those are bi those are actually bipartisan -ish issues, right? Because they are not partisan. A woman dying because she can't uh, deliver a baby soon enough or, or God forbid, having to carry an ectopic pregnancy and it bursts, uh, unable to have children ever again. These are real issues that women get. And it doesn't seem like the Republican Party is in step with the reality of what they're facing. They're not. And you saw that last night in the debate that they're super hesitant to say that they would go for a federal ban, which I don't trust them for one second. I think that they would. Yeah. Um, but they're hesitant to say it because they know how unpopular it is. It's been on six ballots. It has won on six ballots. And going back to something we were talking about earlier, school choice, when it's put to a ballot, has never won in any state either because these things are unpopular, which is why they do it legislatively and they leave the voters out. Right. Yeah. That's what they do in Missouri. Yep. Now it, it is it is a matter of forgetting who they represent and and now being more and more out of touch. I saw an article um, of showed that Gen Zers, for example, are registering to vote. I think twice the pace that Boomers are dying off. In other words, they're actually it's not just a one foreign exchange as older people pass away, they're actually doubling it right now. And so even the electorate we faced in 2020 is gonna be a very different electorate in 2024 because yeah. of these younger generation and, and activated women. I mean, I think that's why they're fighting so hard to keep abortion off the ballot, right? The last thing they yeah. want. I mean, imagine what will happen in the fall here, and, and this is across the country, if you've got abortion and you've got Donald Trump at the top of the ticket in the same, whoo. <laughs> You know, that's going to be tough. Be and that's some why turnout. they're to keep it off. Yeah, they're right? desperate to keep the turnout down. Um, you know, I, they are scared of this. They know, you know, when you, t I've talked to Republicans privately and they know Donald Trump's going to be, it, it, it's going to, it's going to depress their turnout. It's going to explode Democratic turnout in ways they, they can't fathom. I, I've seen um, story after story of Republicans who were famous in their little state or wherever they are, who are going to run, like, oh, I'm going to run for the Senate. Everybody knows Bob's going to run for Senate. And Bob's like, you know, I'm good, <laughs> you know, because they know <laughs> they they know if abortion's the ballot or Donald Trump's the ballot, they're screwed. They're the the just because they 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 want us to stay home, right? That's the that's the mm -hmm. key. So, uh, tell me how do how can we find out more about Blue Missouri or efforts to try and get more people elected? That you know how how do we find your podcast and all the things you're doing? 
So my podcast is everywhere where you get a podcast. It's just just search for Dirt Road Democrat um, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I'm Piper from Missouri and then TikTok, which is my favorite, Fred. <laughs> you can yep. find me at just Piper Mo and then uh, Blue Missouri. It's Blue Missouri dot org. Or you can text my name, Piper, to three, three, seven, seven, seven and um, just get signed up to, you know, see what's going on. And like I said, um, I'm not a good salesperson. I'm a teacher. Um, <laughs> But this this thing is legitimate. And I would know because as a candidate, I ran and I had a lot of people, you know, sending me information that was not legitimate. Um, And this really is. We send checks to down ballot candidates. We do what we say. And I think that's why people appreciate it. Well, it's wonderful. You know, I'm a fan, obviously, because I'm doing the I'm, I'm stealing all your ideas and doing it at the federal level. <laughs> yeah, because that's what do I do. It. You know, I, I, it's, it's kind of hard. You guys understand how hard it is to keep up with Jess. Like, I'll talk to our partners at Every State Blue. Like, well, Jess did this. Jess did that. Like, I don't do TikTok. Look at this face. I'm not a TikTok guy. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch me on TikTok. I'm old. <laughs> so, well, Jess, I'm such a huge fan. I appreciate you taking time to talk to us. These are such great issues for everybody in the country to know. I think we all need to understand that um, the dynamics we think we know are not the dynamics that people face in other parts of our country and it's not class it's not race it's not it is literally where you live sometimes and where you live matters as much as anything else so thanks for representing us all so strongly i really appreciate you thanks fred thank you we'll talk to you soon Man, what a great chat. I am such a super fan of Jess, as you can see why. Um, her energy and her passion for our democracy. Um, you know, the first time I met her for when I was working the Lincoln Project, and, and I was like, yeah, she didn't mention it, by the way, but her son's a National Guard soldier, and uh, they've sacrificed a lot for, their, for this nation, and she continues to do it uh, in ways that are unimaginable. You cannot imagine the hate and the vitriol and the poison she faces from elected officials in Missouri. Uh, she's the favorite foil of our elected Republican state representatives and senators and it is absolutely disgusting and you know what she does you saw her smiles laughs keeps on going doing what she does so it's 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 a fascinating story so i'm really glad you joined us in that one you know last this week or excuse me wednesday was the 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 republican debate and and i watched it for you folks two hours i watched that shit show and and you know what was interesting to me among many things is i had a conversation today with john nichols is what it almost feels like the Republican electorate, the Republican candidates are running against essentially the meme of democratic policies, right? They talked about defunding the police. They talked about abortion up to and after birth. Um, they talked about um, climate change being a hoax. Um, they, they, uh, all these things. And in, in many ways, it was kind of it was almost as like they're running against the cartoon version of Democrat policy. And, and I, I tweeted about this. And one of the remarkable things is the replies from, of course, MAGA saying, look at this. Here's where Portland defunded their police. And they'll send me a story from like 2020 where they talked about cutting the budget. And then all I got to do is Google. And, and 30 seconds later, I got the story in 2022 where they never actually cut the money. The money actually went up. Same thing in San Francisco. It's a myth on the right that anyone was defunded. Like, well, money did go down. It's it's insanity. Um, they seem to forget what happened. What was going on in 2020? Oh, a fucking pandemic where we stayed home. Okay. It, it is, is remarkable. And then, of course, as I mentioned during the show, crime is going down. Atlanta has seen a huge drop. Even St. Louis, Missouri, which is often called the murder capital of America, sadly, my lovely city, Murder went down 22% this year over last year, and other crimes are as low as 50% lower. So this whole mythology that these people are running on, it, it's like they're frozen in time from 2020. And and the, the, the key for us, I think, as opponents to this right-wing extremist movement is just calling out the facts. And it's not fun. To, I, I answer these people with 118 followers on, on X slash Twitter because I, I want them to say, oh, yeah, explain to me this article. That Well, uh, it, it, they are impermeable to facts. Um, as one of our guests once said, you can't fact check a myth. And these are myths. And they're running against myths. And it's great. If you watch that audience in the debate last night, man, they're hooting and hollering and having a good old time. It was like a rally. Rally. Which is not... A normal debate. It was much more like a Trump rally in many ways. It wasn't a debate in any way. It was a hooting and hollering, you know, showdown, and they're yelling at each other. They all hate each other. And that is what Americans are seeing. You know, Americans are seeing abortion being attacked. Americans are seeing climate change being attacked. They're seeing Ukraine funding being attacked. They're seeing Donald Trump not be attacked at all. They saw six out of eight in the stage raise their hands and they would vote for him even if convicted of felonies. 
There was a time when even being accused of a crime or improprietary, how many candidates do we lose who are having affairs? How many candidates do we lose who said something weird and couldn't spell potato, for example, right? And these guys were literally committing to voting for a candidate for president of the United States, a convicted felon, a convicted felon. And that's what the Republican Party is today. That's what's become. So, you know, people talk about winners and losers from this week's debate. Uh, it's obvious that Trump won it um, by not showing up. There's no question about that. They never, they never laid a finger on him. Uh, they didn't attempt to lay a finger on him. Um, DeSantis was a giant loser. It's kind of funny. You know, I did, a, I did, a, I did a, a short video this week about the leak from the Never Back Down pack. You know, the, I don't know if you heard about this, but this massive leak, right? That, and it was a leak. It wasn't on purpose. Everybody's trying to say it was on purpose. If it was on purpose, it would have been on the PAC's website, but it was not on the PAC's website. It was on Axiom Strategies, Jeff Rowe's consulting firm's website. And they put it right in the news feed, you know, the media page of their website and included 400 pages of polling data, like the back end, the actual questions they asked in their poll. This is proprietary data. My God, the slides they posted on Iowa for DeSantis literally said, do not share <laughs> on it from the company that did it, WPI, WPI International, which is, a, which is a polling company. So it was an accident. And you know, a lot of us mocked because the strategy suggestions were things like, you know, defend Trump against Christie and tell a heartfelt story. It was all these things, you know, attack, slam dunk Vivek Ramaswamy. All those things were in there. And we all widely mocked the political strategists from across the spectrum, mocked the strategies being bad. And I got to tell you, it would have been better than what he did because what he did was absolute shit. I mean, DeSantis looked like a freaking idiot from his weird smile to the trying to be yelly, the yelly stuff that he was doing. It was, it was so bizarre are and poor and poorly executed that DeSantis, I think, is going to fall. I, I, I would not be surprised if Vivek Ramaswamy ends up being in second place in, within a couple of days now um, because they love all of his bullshit from denying climate change as being real. And there's some wonderful videos floating around on the internet of real, his story, the fact that he bought a drug that failed four, four tests, four clinical trials. He bought it and then rebranded it and, and sold it by taking off the failure, some of the failure points. And then when it failed again, he'd already punched out of his company and taken his money and run from the VCs. The guy's a crook. But you know what? They loved it. They love it. And so this is what we're seeing. But most of all, the end is something we talked about a little bit in the show is I know Gen Z were watching. Friends of mine from Gen Z are watching. And what they saw very clearly were the issues they care about weren't just ignored you have to see what happened there. The issues that Gen Z cared about were actually attacked. Gen Z cares about climate change. My God, that debate occurred in a town that outside that facility had a 114 degree heat index, record setting temperatures. We had a hurricane in freaking California last week. These are real issues. Gen Z knows climate change is real. So to see the leading voices of the Republican Party say, nah, it's a hoax. We need fossil fuels to perpetuate the human race. That was an amazing statement from Vivek as well. They're seeing that. When they see the right to abortion being threatened with a national ban that starts at six weeks, when they see the lies saying that people are actually trying to get abortion on demand all the way to birth, which is just not true, no matter how many times I say it, yes, abortion legal till birth is because of medical emergency, because a baby is going to die, the mother's going to die. Nobody wants that. We're not saying there's going to be on demand that a woman can just carry a baby. And not to mention the fucking reality of it. A woman don't carry a baby for nine months, say, you know what, never mind. It's a fucking fantasy, and they're running against these fucking fantasies. But tell you what, man, the average American isn't looking at right-wing memes. The average American, believe it or not, is not watching fucking Fox News. They're not, certainly not Gen Z. And so this alternate environment, this alternate universe that so many of these guys live in and are running in, doesn't exist to most Americans. A lot of the stuff they were talking about last night, average people watching that were dumbfounded. They had no idea what they were talking about. These people are so very online and memed that they don't even know they're running into reality. It'll be fascinating to see when the reality comes crashing in. But I'm telling you right now, the general electorate doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. And come November 2024, they're going to find out that people don't want to run against memes. They're going to see their lives improving. It's a full year and a half from now. By then, what's the economy going to be doing? By then, what are jobs going to be like? A lot of good things could happen in a year, and they're going to keep on going. So have faith. I mean, if nothing else, it was discouraging to watch that stupid shit show. 
but it was also as a person who's a you know campaign strategist, it was very encouraging. We got so much material. You see, here's the thing. You know, they always hang like AOC or Nancy Pelosi around every single Democratic candidate. Uh, you know, like, a, <laughs> well, guess what? We're going to hang Vivek and Nikki Haley won a national ban and DeSantis is, you know, authoritarian ridiculousness around every single Republican candidate. They own the worst people in their freaking party, just like we are always attacked of uh, uh, owning people who, by the way, had turned out to be wonderful, wonderful leaders. But the street goes two ways. And professional people like me and my colleagues, like I'm sure Lincoln Project can have a lot of fun with it. We're going to make it very clear to them which side we're on, which side is pro-democracy. So there you have it. I tell you, I hope you came. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed talking to my friend Jess. I hope you'll patronize our sponsors and our, our friends who are so kind to sponsor the show, as including my own family. And uh, we just really love having you here. As you know, I'm the chairman of the thing called the Forgotten Democrats, which is the partner, as my caveat, to, to Jess's organization at the state level. Um, we just had a great town hall with Dennis Aftergut, a former guest, and a wonderful congressman, uh, uh, excuse me, candidate out of uh, Idaho named Kaylee Peterson. It was just a great, you missed a great town hall so i would love you to send just like jess you send fred to 33777 and you get our email list we're not gonna spam the hell out of you join a really interesting community that's growing that will actually fund candidates not not running ads not you know doing weird shit actually the money is split amongst all the donors and it goes to candidates who need the money the most first so i hope you'll check it out that's forgottendemocrats.org um, uh can and you can just text fred 33777 and you can be part of our email list in the meantime you can find me online uh threads is growing i guess they got a desktop app for threads now so that's exciting uh, i'm fp wellman official on threads i'm fp wellman official on instagram um fp wellman on x slash twitter wherever you may find us uh, as always the show is on on Democracy Pod. Man, we just love having you here. I'm thrilled to have you part of the Minus Touch family. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, and we will see you next week.